When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm David Hepworth. And I'm Mark Ellen. We met at a gig in Manchester in 1977. And we began a conversation about rock and roll that night, which has been going on ever since. For the last 15 years, that conversation has continued in the Word in Your Ear podcast. It's not a serious conversation, but it does cover the things that matter. The haircuts. The tacks. The tours. The trousers. If you share our conviction that rock and roll can be magnificent and hilarious at one and the same time, then join us wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome wherever you are around the world. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spurs Show. It's Mike Lee here this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, So much to talk about. Obviously a thumping win uh, at the weekend and a hilarious result at Crystal Palace yesterday, which gave me as much pleasure as the Tottenham game, which shows you what a shallow, pathetic man I am. Uh, But it was a wonderful thing. We're going to talk about that and then later there'll be a... Uh, a show coming out at the end of the week, uh, just focusing on the Villa game at the weekend. Joining me tonight, we're currently two guests. I might wave in a third if she arrives on time. Uh, but joining us, returning uh, the the broadcaster, the writer, the voiceover bon viveur, Simon Lipson returns. How are you, Simon? I'm very well. Especially well this uh, this 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 week. So <laughs> I know. Let's, let's hope that feeling persists right to the end of the season. Absolutely. And also returning and joining us again, I think for the second appearance this season, Kieran O'Duffy returns. How are you, Kieran? All good, thank you. Um, Again, with Simon, very happy. But um, being a typical Spurs fan, I'm nervous because it means we're closer to our slip-up as well. Well, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll we'll be talking about the games coming up. Uh, I mean, I thought Newcastle could have been a slip-up game. We'll talk about it at the moment. Before we get into the meat of the show... Uh, just some exciting news for you at home and a chance to win some money for nothing. BetMate is a brand new social fantasy football betting app that allows you to test your knowledge against other football fans. Just build your own seven-a-side football team and win real money at BetMate.app. BetMate offers daily public games for you to play, such as head-to-head games over a single fixture, or just create your own game on it, set your own stake, and test your skills against other people on BetMate. To kick things off, they're running an Aston Villa versus Spurs game at the weekend. You can choose up to six Spurs players in your side. And as an exclusive offer, sign up at betmate.app and there's a free game. Just go into the Villa versus Spurs game. You'll see it's free and you can win up to £100 for nothing. Or if you want, play for a five for stake and win a chance uh, to win £250. Just download the app for free at your preferred app store or just go to betmate.app. Now, we did it last week. Theo Delaney uh, announced the first game we did with him for the Newcastle, and that was brilliant. Very embarrassing. I was in the lead until 
about 80 minutes in, I thought, oh, God, we're doing this promotion and I'm going to win it. People are going to think this is fixed. But 15 of us won money for nothing. Sole Intention DJ won the game. Blocker 33 came second. Moki 7, Joey 23 came third. Um, the way it sort of swings swings around is that you obviously goals, goals against like any fancy football league, but you win points for tackles, interceptions, as well as just goals and assists. So it makes it sort of fluctuate wildly. Last week, surprise, surprise, Homin Sun came out top with 10 points. I had Sun Kulisevsky because of his assists, got nine points. Um, and then you've got to put in an opposition player, uh, Shelby actually, uh, maybe because of his passing, Shelby got seven points. Uh, Lloris was the lowest point score with one, obviously because the uh, well, the goal we'll talk about that he was at fault. But anyway, give it a go. It's free to use. It's actually, trust me, it's actually entertaining uh, for, for these kind of apps. Go to betmate.app, go and check it out. Versions of a free and see you there and we'll announce the winners um, next week. Simon, let, let, let's start with you. Um, it, Every game now is like a cup final. We're looking at our fixtures. We're looking at United's fixtures. We're looking at the Woolwich fixtures. Obviously, before we played, yeah, we, before Man United slips up again against Leicester. And then you go, and you know, yeah, we're stuck. we've been going for a number of years. You trounce off to the lane. <laughs> I've always had this great believer and you know how we're going to play. In fairness, this has changed. But for a long time this season, certainly last season under Nuno Mourinho, you kind of knew what you were going to get within the first five minutes. That's kind of gone out the window because what I'm trying to say is now, in the last month, six weeks, we're actually playing like a team. We're actually keeping hold of the ball and passing. And rather than this low block where we do nothing and try and do some on the break, our possession play now is, is, is wonderful. Probably the first fruition of it was probably Man City away where, you know, we, we play some delightful football. And that's continued. And again, even despite going a goal down, uh, not even against the run of play, we didn't panic. We went there. And the second half was was tremendous, wasn't it? It was. I, I, it's, I watched that uh, winning goal at Man City. I watched mm. that today. And uh, I was struck again by how composed we look uh, looked at the time. And, you know, everyone was happy on the ball. Uh, one touch, two touch, the, the little round the corner thing from Bentancur and, you know, the beautiful cross and Harry steaming in. And I think that is, it exemplifies where we are at the moment, really. We, as you said, you know, we, we seem happy on the ball. I think Bentancur is, is extraordinary. I think he's imperious at times. He always seems to have time, which is always you know, the mark of a, of a class act. And he's two-footed. He's quick. He can make a tackle. He seems to just, uh, to me, he's calmed uh, Hoybier down. So Hoybier's looking really good uh, alongside him. And and I think the other, I mean, obviously R- Romero, you know, I've got a huge man crush on uh, Romero. And, you know, frankly, if you haven't got a man crush on Romero, there's something wrong with you. Am I right? <laughs> um, so he, um, he seems to be knitting things together at the back. Davis has, has improved and he's happy on the ball. Dyer's happy on the ball. They're all happy on the ball. And then you have this front three, which, you know, for, for all his wonderful feats in, in the past, Mora is, is a kind of a slightly headless chicken. And suddenly you have Kulisevsky, who is so mature, so aware. (laughs) And 
And you can see already that the way he and and Kane and Son are linking up. They trust each other and they're making the runs and they know that, you know, someone's going to drop deep. It's probably Kane, but Kulosevsky can can drop deep and go wide. Son likewise. And suddenly everyone's happy on the ball. Everybody seems to know where everyone else is. And there was just, there's no panic. There's no panic about them. There's none of that. I hope I'm not speaking too soon, but there's none of that sense that oh here we go, there's another another no we're gonna blow it and think you you kind of feel secure with with this setup at the moment, um and 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 you know then you can bring Bergwijn on who's in in hot, very hot form and uh, you know th- there's no diminution in the quality of the of the performance so it's it's an unusual place for us to be given where we've been over the last you know from the Nuno and the Mourinho period which which and and the, and the late Poch period which everything just felt chaotic and disjointed yeah. and and suddenly here we are looking looking like a team's great I mean Kieran I've said this before and if you kind of follow your football analysis I suppose uh football conversation just via social media uh, you you certainly would have seen um, after the January window uh, a lot of so-called Spurs supporters looking at the signings of Benton Kuhn and Kulisevsky and saying they're panic buys. We didn't get this one. We didn't get that one. Oh, Paratich has just gone back to the club that he used to work at. That's all he's done. And that has been utterly, and, and in fairness, within the first game, Fans were piling on Kulisevsky. Oh, he looks a bit slow. He's like the new Andy Sinton and all this stuff going on. <laughs> and it's incredible how when you sit back and watch football and understand in any sport, the players need time to gel, to understand a system. And Tanya Conte said from day one, hard work, give me time, hard work, hard work. We're finally now seeing, as Simon said, a team that's gelling, a team that, a team that seems in control of the ball. Antonio Conte this week admitted that he tried to buy Kulisevsky when he was at Inter Milan, but Juventus bid more money. So immediately you go, here's somebody he actually wanted before. And you kind of think, well, if you take this forward till next season and you've got Paratici and Conte clearly actually talking and what, what you want to do. And I don't think players that he clearly knows and then these players aren't being thrust. You can imagine people trying to thrust players on Antonio Conte ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. He, he knows what he wants. And if, it, if they, if they start a game, you know, he's the right person to start. It, it, it sort of bodes so well. And, and it sort of, I know this is sort of a long rambling question to you. And also with a full Trying to keep up. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just so happy. I just want to, I need to get yeah. it all out. Also with the, with the wingbacks that every Tottenham fan realises are not players that he's bought in. We all get that. And we've had injuries. But again, you now see players that are playing for Conte. And they whether they're limited or not, this almost doesn't matter. They know what they're meant to be doing, Kieran. Would you agree to that very yes. long rambling question? First of all, um, I have a bit of sympathy for the people um, that obviously slated Paratici for getting Kulisewski and Benton Corin because it looked exactly like that. It looked like we got to the end of January transfer window. They could feel the heat from the fans and they thought, oh, you know, we need to get a couple of people in here. 
reverted to type, two players that they know, but what's wrong with that? If you know what they're going to do and you feel they fit the mould, go for it. thing is, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They mm. could have been trying to get them from two or three weeks before. But, but my, this is my point. A lot, of people on, on, a lot of people on social media generally think they know what goes on behind yeah. the scenes. <laughs> it's laughable. They have, it's it's, they, it's would, embarrassing. I would love, you know what? I think the most watched documentary in the world would be a January or summer transfer window, a kind of... Mm. An, an Amazon-style documentary, but purely on the transfers. You know, I, mm. I know they did it for us with Christian Eriksen sat in the office, but how you know how much of that yeah. is for the cameras and not? Yeah. But um, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, they fitted in perfectly. They're two players, as you said, that we need. Lucas Mora, I love Lucas Mora, but we want to play over front three. He goes from Lionel Messi to Steve Marbronk in one run. You know, he'll look unbelievable. And about 10 yards yeah. later, he'll do something stupid. I, you, but he's a player. If he understands it, he's great for the squad. You need players yeah. like him. Yeah, absolutely. I think the improved Doherty, you need them for the squad. But I think Paratici and Conte, I hope, aren't there to scrape third or fourth place. So going back to your point on the wingbacks, we do need to upgrade our starting 11 wingbacks if we mm. want to compete with... Liverpool and Man City but what he's done with so-called players that were A, written off before they came to the club in Bentancon Kulazewski players like Sess and uh, Doherty all players that were written off at different stages what he's done with them is great and it just shows you what he can do with players that he actually wants so I think it's all positive stuff and yeah to the idiots on social media that every club has um, bit of sympathy because it did look like that, but I'm glad that they've been um, quieting down on this occasion. Absolutely right. We're delighted to announce she's here, the the voiceover artiste broadcaster. A little bit late. She's a little bit late, but it doesn't matter. Lucy Jones is here. How are you, Lucy? A little bit late, but sounding great. Ah, lovely to see. It's been a while. Great. We you, you haven't missed much. The three of us have been padding. Uh, before we hear your insightful analysis. We're talking about, I'll tell you what you've missed. Uh, we've been talking about Benton Kerr. We've been talking about Kulisevsky. And I'm going to ask you now about the wingbacks. Kieran sort of said, they're not the finished article. These wingbacks are not what Antonio Conte wants. But what was interesting on Saturday was when they announced that Doherty was playing on the other flank, there was an audible groan. A lot of people were like, oh, not again. This is going to go wrong. And again, he, he's now listened to his instruction. He's played a few games. He he's, knows what he's meant to do. And let's talk about, I mean, the first goal, you know, whatever. But, but the second goal, the run from Doherty, and apparently Kane did see him. The ball was for Doherty. And it was actually a really difficult diving header because he kind of had to sort of fall and tumble as the ball came to his head to sort of steer it in. Uh, he's looking like the player that presumably we wanted when we bought him from Wolverhampton Wonders all that time ago. Yeah, exactly. It's taking time, right, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a work in progress. Is that right, fair to say? I think so. <laughs> but we are progressing. I think Conte is kind of getting to, used to the wing-back position, perhaps, and the players. I think that goal from Doherty is going to, or Dirty, as you say, mm. you know, who's got it right, um, it's going to give him a boost, isn't it? A little bit. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 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 I totally agree. Simon, you know, the, you know, and also the, the other one to give a mention, Emerson Royal, uh, who had a wretched run, 
tw- another young player, 22. I've always liked him. He's, you know, he's brand new to the country. Give him a go. He's gone into a, a team that was struggling. Uh, but he's very, infe- it's something very sort of infectious about him. You know, you can see that he's there. He wants to try. He wants to do well. And again, to see a player come from the other flank, get into the six-yard box and toe poke a ball into the net, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's wonderful to see this whole other players chipping in with goals. That You know, Kieran says, if you want to be an elite top team, you need your other players chipping in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting and instructive when you see somebody like um, uh, Royal coming in and giving it everything. You can mm. see there's instant enthusiasm. It's not kind of, oh, I've, I've been sat on the bench and I, there's, you know, I've been left to rot. And same with Mora, who's re- not really had much of a kick in the last few weeks, came on and he made a goal. And I, I think it's it says an awful lot about what Conte is doing right now because players who... We, you know, we talked about the the, the fullbacks. The, the transformation of Doherty is extraordinary. Here was a guy who couldn't pass it mm. five yards mm. without giving it away. I used to think with Royal, you know, that's where that's where the ball goes to die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but but he looks like a guy who actually wants the ball and can do something with it. And the other guy, of course, is Davis, Ben Ben Davis, who yeah. everyone was calling a you know, donkey and a waste of space. Look how he's played. And again, I, I talked just earlier about the goal against Man City, the, the winning goal. Look at Davis's contribution to that. He has two or three different touches. He cuts inside. Absolute certainty and confidence, you know, with the ball. And he, here's a guy, he's one of our, our centre-backs, one of our three-backs. Going forward, he's, he's halfway up in the other half mm. with, with a minute to go. Um, and I think this is all about Conte, because none of these guys are bad players. Mm. You know, and I was saying this much earlier in the season, these aren't bad players. These are good players playing badly. Yeah. And and now we're seeing, a, a, you know, this, because of this, this confidence in each other, because of what Conte's done to give everyone time and to somehow imbue them with um, spirit and belief, suddenly it's all coming together. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get too carried away because we'll probably lose to Villa. But, you know, uh, <laughs> we it's it's it, at this stage, it looks very encouraging. Uh, and I'm not even bothering to crow about Arsenal losing. Mm. Well, um, I, I will in a minute. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get to <laughs> I'll, leave that, minute. I'll leave that to I you. But I don't important. care. I, I think it's about us now. Yeah, no, uh, fair enough. You know, and we, we, if we carry on playing with this same panache that we've been showing in the last few weeks, um, I, I feel like we're unstoppable. I think we get a result at Anfield. Yeah, we've left mm. it one game too late. We have to look at other results now because we have to rely upon other people messing up. Well, no, we, well, yeah. we, I mean, we, if we, we win all up, our games, including Arsenal, I think yeah. we, we, yeah. we yeah. get They've got false, a game in we? hand, haven't they? They're no, going to Chelsea. They, their game in hand is away to Chelsea. Um, but but now, if we, win all our, if we win all our games now, yeah. we will get top four. So it's it's back in our hands. Kieran, what I want to ask you, we've talked about certain players that have come in that we weren't too sure about slotted in. Simon's mentioned him at the top of the show. Christian Romero. There was, um, in the first half, there was, I think, three occasions when Sam Maximum got on the ball. Uh, and there was two brilliant challenges and one in the area when they had a very good chance, an incredible block as well. He is a player that has incredible strength, 
But when he kind of doesn't have the ball, you don't really see him much. He kind of stands around. He sort of comes to life when he has to. He he, he has been, so, you know, again, his early days and also very, very young. He already looks like he could be one of the greatest Tottenham central defenders if he remains fit and at the club. He... He he just reads the game so well. He's not he's a natural proper centre half. I think in this day and age, um, I know he's not centre half, but using an example, Carl Walker is traditionally not a great defender. Remember, remember years ago with us, he was awful. All we could do mm. was attack. So lots of defenders these days don't know how to de- to defend. I know that sounds stupid, but they don't know how to defend. Whereas you look at Romero. He keeps popping up in the right place at the right time because he just reads the game. He's a natural centre half. He likes he likes the ball in front of him. He likes to see the pitch. He knows when to cut out the opportunities. And you're right. I think he's he's. I don't know. Is, is this a bold statement? I think he's. Jan and Toby were obviously brilliant. They were rocks, um, especially throughout kind of 2015, 16 through to 2018, 19. But I think individually, he's our best centre-back since Ledley King. I think. I think. Don't get me wrong. Jan and Toby. (laughs) Jan and Toby are right up there. Jan, Toby, Ledley, Romero. They're Mm. they're in our top five, top six best defenders over the last 10, 15 years in terms of centre-halves. I don't know. Do you, what, 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 what do you guys think? I think he just, he's got the potential to be better than Toby and Jan, I think, personally. Absolutely. He was the key player at the weekend. He's so exciting. I went to the game with a you know neutral fan who's just a footballer and he was just like, he is special. He mm. is the best buyer you've had for a mm. long, long, long time. So I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a kind of almost like the the perfect amalgam of of qualities that you, you look for in a in a, a centre back. He's tough, yeah, and he's ruthless, and he's quick. He sniffs danger, so as soon as any danger comes anywhere close to him, he's on it, and he he'll, he's nicking balls away. He's going through people. He's taking the ball away, but also he's he's very good on the ball. I mean, he he's looking for for, for cute passes. I love his um, run. He's not just look, he's not <laughs> yes. hoofing it. Barnstorming, he, and he hangs up yeah. there as well. It's like Christian, what are you yeah. doing, mate? He's like, no, I'm staying in now. I see, I, I, I see I, a lot of, I see it a bit of Graham Roberts in him, whereby Graham Roberts also played in midfield, could bring the ball out. Obviously, the '82 Cup goal when he went on that mazy run and won the penalty, hard as nails. Doesn't take any crap. I do see shades of in Graham Roberts, and you know, again, Romero is is still very very young, which is. Uh, mm. Have you seen Romero being called an animal work, work well. by the other the other teammates? Yes, I think I think you're right. <laughs> well, look, let, let's go to a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at some of the games coming up, and then we're going to laugh at the Woolwich Wanderers. Back in <laughs> one minute. And we're back for the break. Don't forget for premium content, including a daily news show, uh, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Sign up and get content every single day into your email inbox. Um, <clears throat> last week, we had a wonderful live show with Alfie Con, which was part of our monthly season ticket events. You too can sign up and join us at all our monthly events. Go to season.spurshow.net. 
There's two more left. There's the April one this season and May. And April, delighted to have, I'm honestly, I've been writing the questions and researching, two absolute legends in Tottenham history, Terry Dyson and Cliff Jones, two remaining surviving members of the 60-61 team will be with us. Uh, along with Norman Giller, who'll be discussing his official biography on Jimmy Greaves. Uh, and we're going to go be going through every single game of that double season. We've got loads of audio clips as well that we found of games. It's going to be an incredible. Again, if you're like me, you, you're too young to, 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 to obviously be around for that season. This and or if, even if you were there, it's going to bring back so many memories with two people who are absolutely key for us winning the first double in the last century. There's a few extra tickets to non-season ticket members as well. Uh, we've done for this one because it's going to be such a unique occasion in central London. Go to balletto.co.uk and on May 26th, our end of season show at 100 Club with Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Veer. Tickets for that at balletto.co.uk. And one event that I haven't been pushing that much because it's on May the 11th at the JW3 Community Centre on the Finchley Road. And I had this real fear that that was going to be the date that we played uh, Woolwich Wanderers. And luckily they announced for us that that is now going to be Thursday, May the 12th, the huge, huge game of the season. So what better way to, what, what a weekend, what a few days this is going to be. Join us the day before, May the 11th, at JW3 with Martin Chivers, Pat Jennings, Alan Marlow and Steve Perriman, looking back at the 72 season, but no doubt we'll be talking about the game the following night. Go to jw3.org.uk. Um, Lucy, they obviously announced yesterday some upcoming fixtures. They've now moved the Liverpool game, which we we kind of all suspect if we're going to lose one game, this another game this season, that's the one. How key that will be, we don't know yet. That was that's now a seven forty five Saturday night kickoff. Meaning, if you are going to get the train, you can't get home after the game. I believe the club are laying on subsidised coaches instead. They then also announced. Um, after we play the Woolwich, the Burnley game on the Sunday is now an early kickoff, thus giving us early, uh, you know, less time to recover. Those three games now are going to be key, and 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 uh, you know, obviously the the kickoff time is slightly frustrating, isn't it, for a lot of them? Yeah, it was so obvious they were going to just wait for yeah. us to play. Woolwich until as late as possible, weren't they? It's yeah. so frustrating because it's obviously so pivotal in regards to the top four. Um, so look, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of those pessimistic Spurs fans where I, anything is a bonus for me. Um, no. You know, I've been to most away games the last few years, and uh, I, I just love the, I just love going for the atmosphere, really. mm. <laughs> but I just love it, and I just feel like we can't. I want to be confident. I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I just feel like we're going to get, we might trip up. We always seem to trip up on the easiest games. Possibly. But I mean, you know, uh, Simon, you know, we've talked about, the, you know, the way we are. I mean, look at the Newcastle game, goal down, coming back well. We'll talk about Villa in the, in the, in the second recording. But obviously, you know, we, we, the fact the Arsenal game has now been announced on May the 12th. Uh, Tierney, who I think is... Probably their best player, most consistent. A lot of goals come from him. He is out for the rest of the season. Their fullbacks looked woeful against Crystal Palace, who are a very, very good team. They went at them in the front foot. Lots of errors at the back. 
They asked and Fedders had a couple of really good chances in the box, which again, they failed to take. You kind of think with if, if our confidence continues for another five weeks before we play them and we keep key players fit, that is going to be probably the biggest game in the new stadium, isn't it? That we've had so far. It, it is. I mean, I, I've been saying for a, a little while that I think at, at our best, we're, we're much better than Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and I think we, we're as good as Chelsea and maybe even better than Chelsea. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, we're, we're, we're peaking. Um, the, the, the trouble is, you know, that's, that's uh, what, five, six weeks off, five, mm. five or six weeks off. And um, it, it could be, we could be fourth and, and clear by then. We could be seventh. Yeah. <laughs> it's all gone to hell. Um, my, my sense at the moment is that we're more likely to be fourth than seventh. Um, yeah. Whether that game is going to be pivotal is interesting. I, Arsenal were woeful last yeah. night. And yeah. um, it, it arguably, I mean, that could either completely puncture their the remainder of their season and they've got some tough games on the run in. Yeah. Um, or it could be the spur that, you know, well, well, we can't play like that again. Let's let's change it up. But as you say, they've lost Tierney. Um confidence looked very low from mm. the bits I was watching last night. Uh, oh God, who knows? I mean I, I said after Man United, after that defeat, I said, Well, that's fourth that's gone. That's it. And here yeah, we are in no. fourth and you know, maybe we're favourites. We've got to be careful, you know, we can't the Brentford, what result they had. Palace, yeah. obviously, what result they had. I mean, we can't take it away from Palace. They played well as much as um, Arsenal were awful. Mm. We can't rely upon anything just going our way because I think everyone's upping the game, aren't they? But yeah. Kieran, I mean, Kieran, you, you, you look you look at the fixture list left. And, and as I said, we'll talk about the next game um, uh, slightly later. But you look at the Arsenal games, they've still got to go against Chelsea, who's going to be a tough guy. They've still got to play United. They've still got to play West Ham. Um, they've still got to play us. Um, and I know we're only taking literally the last fixtures as a sort of, you know, litmus paper, but we played well. They really didn't. They looked like there was no cohesion of the team. Um you know, it's incredible how things have shifted because, I mean, a, a few weeks ago, there were six points ahead of us and most Spurs fans were thinking, well, you know, oh God, is it Europa League or Conference League again? I um, I always said, our, I'm hoping our big slip up this side of Christmas was when we lost to Southampton and Wolves, uh, mm. the two games in a row. I kept saying, Arsenal are going to have a slip up like that. There's no way they'll consistently go through to the end of the season. They're not good enough. The start of the season showed that. Yeah, they've come into some form and everything. But we've got Liverpool and Arsenal left. Um, they're the only two games we're playing top six teams. I've always said this. Right now, whoever gets fourth will deserve it. There'll be no, there'll be nothing un, un, undeserved there. If, our, if Arsenal get fourth ahead of us, well, then that's because they deserve it more than us. But so, as much as I hate to say it, we can't be too annoyed. We can only be annoyed at ourselves. But I think they're slip. I'm hoping they're slip ups now. I'm hoping they drop more points. Um, who have they got this weekend? Um, I'm not too sure, um, but they've def- they've got in two two or three games time they've got Chelsea away. So yeah. as much as we hate Chelsea, obviously supporting Chelsea, well, draw a draw would be nice because I tell you what, here's being young and optimistic and stupid. Why don't we aim for fourth? Sorry, um, third. Why don't we well, go for I mean, third? 
Only four or five points behind Chelsea, and then I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but Chelsea, like Simon said, Chelsea are really not that good. We we (laughs) seen they they got six points this season because each time they played a team called Tottenham Hotspur, we just froze. We just completely Mm. froze when we when we played them. Remember the game at ours and the midfield, they were passing it around and we were just standing off them. So Mm. No, going back to your original point, I think Arsenal were due their slip-up that we had uh, the start of March, end of February, and we need to capitalise now. And we need to... Conte's been there long enough. We've gone on about him improving the individual players, but this is where we need that winning mentality. It needs to start now. Otherwise, if we're not ruthless between now and the end of the season, it's an even bigger um work work on for next season. If we can get that mentality within us now, then mm-hmm. that'll kick us on for next be great momentum. Season. I totally agree. Um, so I might got it wrong. They've got Brighton at home at the weekend and then they've got Southampton away. Then they've got Chelsea away, United at home, West Ham away, uh Leeds at home, then they got us, then they've got Newcastle away and their last game of this season is at home to Everton who could need something from uh yeah. That fixture. Look, let, let, let's let's wrap things up uh, for now. As I said, we're going to be back later on the week, and we're going to be talking specifically about our next game, Aston Villa. For now, Lucy, Kieran, and Simon, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us around the world. We'll be back on Friday. Until then, come you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.